Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. We're so thankful to have this opportunity to be with you each day, open up God's Word and study a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit fuller what God's teachings really are and what His will is for our lives. And we're thankful that you're there. You know, we listen, we, or we hear from our listeners on, a, on an ongoing basis, some by telephone, some by email. Uh, many in the Omaha area have stopped in to check us out in person, and many have stayed on, continued to worship and study with us, and even be baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. Our thanks to God for blessing this ministry, and our thanks to our listeners for continuing to listen and be there. Now, I could say support our ministry, but that would be by being there and listening to it on a regular basis. And we know that some of you listen pretty much every day, and others listen very frequently, but you can't quite be there every day. And then others on a lesser basis because of your busy schedules, but you still click in whenever you can. Now, many times we know there are new listeners out there. We're thankful for you in a special way. And our prayer is that as you continue to listen, you'll quickly come to realize that the name of the program, Search the Scriptures, is not just a name of a program. It is exactly what we do. We really dig deep into God's Word and help you come to a better and fuller understanding of what His Word really says. Now, we don't ask for any contributions on a monetary basis. We never have. We never will. That's not what we're about. We want to help you get to heaven. We're not after your wallet or your pocketbook. So we encourage you, go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to our podcast button. Click on that. It'll take you about one minute to sign up for our podcasting. Now, Again, it's free. It always will be free. But when you do that, then you will receive all of these radio programs Monday through Friday, every day to your smart device, whichever one you choose, your smartphone, your computer, laptop, tablet, pad, whichever one you choose, these programs will automatically go to your device. Again, for free. And then if you cannot tune in on one day, you can just You can pull down the podcast, and you can listen to it at your convenience. But you'll also receive all of our sermons, all of our Sunday morning and Wednesday night Bible classes as we continue to podcast those, and a great daily, short, 12 or 13-minute study each day that we call Today's Bible Class. So we encourage you to take advantage of that and encourage your friends and family members and everyone else you can to also take advantage. We hope you'll do that. Now, we're going to start a new line of study today, and this is one that I think weighs heavy in the hearts of a lot of people every year, all through the year, in every generation. Are you struggling with a sin that you cannot seem to quit? A lot of people think they are. A lot of people say, you know, I just... I, I'm, I'm too bad to be good. I, there's something going on in my life. I just can't quit. I want to quit. I've tried to quit over and over and over again. I've tried to stop it. I've tried to stop doing that, but I just keep coming back to it. It reminds me of a true account. I knew a young man 
early in my full-time preaching career in another state, and he was in his 20s, I believe at that time, and he was struggling with depression, or maybe there was some pain. I think there was a back problem, and he was having some pain, and and and, and I, I think there was some depression that went along with that probably. And anyway, he was prescribed a certain medication, and he had become very dependent on that medication. And that was at an earlier time when we did not recognize perhaps as openly how a person can become very dependent or even addicted to prescription medications. And so he was on that medication. His doctor kept prescribing it to him over and over and over and over again. He was taking it every day and and I, I suspect a number of times a day. And he became so so concerned about that. He became so upset that he had to have that particular medication that he, he kept trying to, to get off of it, but he could not seem to do that for a long period of time. He told me at one point that he took the bottle of medication and threw it out his bedroom window because he wanted to be done with it. And then later he went back out there and found it and brought it back in the house. <laughs> See, he kept trying to get off of that. Now that's just an, an illustration of what we're talking about. When I'm asking the question, are you struggling with a sin that you cannot seem to quit? Now, first, let me assure you, God expects us to live a holy, a righteous life here in this world if we want to be with him in heaven for all of eternity. We should not play around with sin. We should not get a careless attitude or a lackadaisical attitude about sin in our lives because the wages of sin is death, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the rest of that same verse, Romans 6 and verse 23. But if we want the eternal life, we've got to get rid of the sin in our lives. We cannot continue to live a lifestyle of sin. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28, the Hebrews writer talked about this very fact that God expects us to turn away from sin. What he did for us was send his son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to the cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will return a second time apart from sin for salvation. Now also in the previous verse, the writer said, it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So sin is such a terrible problem in the lives of human beings that God found it necessary out of his love for us to send his son to the cross to die to pay the price for the guilt of our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be redeemed, so that we could have the opportunity to be reconciled to God, brought back into a right relationship with our Heavenly Father, and be saved, and have the prospect, the promise of eternal life with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven. And again, that's forever and ever. So that's how terrible sin is. When Jesus came, he did not preach a gospel message that was in the least bit easy on a person who is just continuing to live a sinful lifestyle. 
In fact, he said in Luke chapter 13 and verse 3, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now, what does repentance mean? Well, repentance means literally a change of mind, but understood in that change of mind is a change of behavior. And so it's the idea of turning away, turning around. You're making up your mind. You're going to change the direction of your life. And what it's really focusing on, you have made up your mind that you're going to turn away from a sinful lifestyle. And you're going to strive to the best of your ability with God's help to live a righteous, a holy life here in this world for the rest of your life. Again, in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. And so we get the understanding that we must turn away from sin if we want to be saved, if we want to have that, that not just a wild wish and a dream, but the promise. And that's what real New Testament hope is, the, expe- the, the, the desire plus the expectation. If we want to be able to confidently expect that home in heaven for all of eternity, then we have to get rid of our sin. We have to turn away from sinfulness in our lives. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, when Peter and the rest of the apostles were teaching that massive crowd of Jewish men who were gathered there from all the nations in the known world at that time for that special feast day, Pentecost, they were there and the apostles began to preach the gospel of Christ to them. Peter's words are highlighted in Acts chapter 2. So his sermon is what we really read in that particular chapter. He pulled no punches. He convicted them openly and directly of having crucified their Savior, the Son of God, the Lord, the Messiah. And finally, in verse 36 of Acts chapter 2, he said, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made the same, the same Christ, Jesus Christ, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So he said, again, very directly, you crucified him, but that did not change the truthfulness or the reality of who he is for you. He is your Savior. He is the Christ, the Messiah. And then in the next verse, verse, 40, uh, verse 37, many of them asked the question, what shall we do? What should be our response to this message of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? What should we, how should we respond? And Peter said the very first thing, repent, repent. You've got to repent. Then he went on to say, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So repentance, you've got to turn away. What what was their sin? They had rejected the Savior. They had not believed in him. They had to accept him. They had to believe in him. They refused to follow him. They had to follow him. They would not obey his teachings. They had to obey his teachings. They had to embrace them. And the lifestyle that he brought and taught to mankind while he was here on this earth in his public ministry for about three or three and a half years, they had to take up that lifestyle. And that is Christianity. Christianity, followers of Christ. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, another massive group gathered after Peter and John, by the power of God, healed a lame man. 
And so they began to preach to that crowd. In verse 19 of Acts chapter 3, they said, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, repent again was the first statement in that particular verse. You've got to change your mind, and that's got to lead you to change your life. They needed to become Christians. They needed to come to the Lord, their Savior, Jesus Christ. They needed to repent. Repent. Why? That your sins may be blotted out. Repent and be converted. What does converted mean? Changed. They had to change their lifestyle. They had to change the focus of their lives. They needed to start focusing on their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then when we look at Acts 22 and verse 16, the Lord sent Ananias to teach Saul of Tarsus. And Saul had become a terrible enemy of the Lord's church and of Jesus Christ. And yet, even though he was enraged against Christians, against the church, even though he, he, he worked to compel Christians whom he had hunted down and put in, in, in custody and was ready to vote for their execution, even though he says that he compelled many of them to blaspheme the name of Christ, he still had the opportunity to repent and come to Christ. And so when the Lord confronted him on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 8, and even spoke to him, Saul was not saved at that point. He was not forgiven at that point. Jesus told him, go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And then Jesus sent Ananias, a Christian man, to teach Saul of Tarsus. And he said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. Saul of Tarsus had to learn that he had to change his life completely in the regard that he had not believed in Jesus. He had to believe in him now as the Lord, as the Son of God, as his Savior. He had rejected Jesus. He had to accept him. He had turned away from him. He had to come to him. He refused to obey his teachings. He had to make those teachings the center and the guiding, the guiding point in his life. He had to become a Christian. And so Ananias asked him, why are you waiting? Arise, be baptized, wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. You see, before we can be forgiven, we must make up our minds to repent, to change our lives. Again, remember what Peter told that crowd who asked him and the rest of the apostles and Pentecost, what shall we do? He said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So you've got to change. Repentance necessarily precedes forgiveness. Now, once you have repented, once you have been baptized into Christ, then you have to live that faithful life. You have to live that transformed life from one that had been sinful to one that now is righteous and holy on a consistent basis. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul addressed this particular need. 
He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, that is, your lives, you present your lives, a living sacrifice. Now remember, God sent Jesus to that cross to die on that cross as the perfect one-time-for-all-time sacrifice. And of course, those who learned the gospel of Christ could reflect back on those hundreds and hundreds of years of Old Testament history wherein God required animal sacrifices, the slaughtering of animals and their blood being sprinkled and their, their, some of their meat being offered on the altar in sacrifice to God as an atonement for their sins. But now Paul says, God wants you to live for him. The Lord wants you to live your lives in dedication to him. Present yourselves, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So there's that life of holiness again. And then the next verse, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformed from the ways of this world, conformed to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to the way of righteous living before God, according to his will. Now, why should we not be conformed to this world? Because this world is living in the darkness of sin. Predominantly so. The Apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Now maybe, and those are three broad classifications of sin that John laid out there, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Likely, if you're struggling with a sin that you cannot seem to quit, it falls into one of those three classifications. Maybe, there, maybe there's more than one sin that you just can't seem to let go of. They probably fall into one of those three classifications in some way. But you see, those are the ways of the world. That's where the world is at from a spiritual perspective, and the world is going to pass away. God's going to bring this world to an end. Peter talks about that in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. It's going to burn up one day in God's judgment. And I think we're to assume that that's going to be because of the, the not just the prevalence, but basically the overwhelming nature of humanity will come to be sinful. And so God's going to bring this world to an end. So you don't want to be a part of this world. You've got to be transformed, spiritually speaking, from a spiritual perspective. So having turned away from sin, having been forgiven of your sins, we must live a holy, a spiritually transformed life before God. And that's simply the life of Christianity. The life of Christianity. The Apostle Paul, referring to his own change in life. Now remember Saul of Tarsus, when the Lord sent Ananias to teach him 
the gospel of Christ. And he said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. After Saul obeyed and was baptized for the remission of his sins so that his sins could be cleansed by the blood of Christ shed on that cross, that's what happens at baptism, then he became, he in that act of obedience and surrender, he became a Christian. His life was transformed. He no longer hunted down Christians and took them into custody and tried to make them blaspheme the name of Christ just because they were Christians. He became a Christian and then a gospel preacher and then a divinely appointed apostle of Jesus Christ. So he talks about his transformation in his letter to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, in other words, his physical life, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He had completely transformed his life, his focus in life. He had become a Christian. He had become faithful to Jesus. And he had, begun, he had turned to a life of serving him. A life that demonstrated daily his devotion to our Lord. And that's what we need to change our lives into. We need to leave that lifestyle of sinfulness and we need to become a Christian living a life that daily demonstrates our devotion to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In James chapter 1 and verse 27, James wrote, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and, and here's our focus here primarily in this particular verse, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Again, the world is engulfed in the darkness of sinfulness. And as we noted a few moments ago, the Apostle John said, this world is coming to an end. And if you are basically focused in your life on living in the ways of this world, then you're not living in the ways of God and of Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And ultimately, this world is going to be brought to an end. It's going to pass away. Now remember, what did John say, though, for those who have turned away from the ways of the world? He said, the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. That's eternal life in heaven with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit. We'll continue this study next time. Let's take a moment and pray now. Father, help us to open our eyes to the reality that we must turn away from sin, but also to the reality that you will not leave us alone in that turning, in that determination in our minds and in our hearts, but you will be there with us and you will be there for us and you will provide the strength that we lack when we turn up weak in the face of temptation. Help us to recognize that and grasp it. Guide us in your will. Gracious Father, we pray for your forgiveness and hear our prayer, please. In Christ's name, amen.